picking up in the um, on the discussion of Ayatahara. Okay, so we got seven names for the Ayatahara. In the first uh, time, we did Ra. Hashem called it Ra. And Moshe Vedon called it Arel. The last time, second time, David, we discussed David called it Tameh. Right? Tameh, which we said basically, Tameh we said was that it defiles you. Which means that when a person, I guess, gives in to his Yitzhara, so then it has like a lasting effect on his personality, on his ability to reach Kedusha. Like when you become Tameh, you can't go into the base of Mikdash. So it, it impedes your ability to, you know, to elevate and to reach higher heights. So too, when you give in to the Yitzhara, it has a pull on your personality and it makes you Tameh. So it's like, it's calling it Tameh, it's like it has, it has an impact on your ability to uh, approach Kedusha. To approach the higher higher sphere, and then we the second one we did last time was sonacha, right? That he's like your hater, or your enemy, right? And we, we explained that. I mean, we went to a little more of a lengthy discussion, but ultimately, we said that the hater means that there's a part of you that is looking to take you down. The Yitzhara is like, um, he hates you. He hates the part of you which is attached to truth and uh, perfection and self-control and all that. Is um, Your instincts, your sexual nature hates that. And it's looking, your sexual nature is looking for free reign to overthrow the, uh, you know, the part of you which is attached to the good. And he's your enemy. And you have to think of him as such. And you have to strategize, come up with techniques, strategies to, to basically to beat your enemy. As we had, like, the, we ran into the Gemara about, you know, um, he comes and attacks you, you have to come up with a strategy of dragging the base madrash. And we showed why that's a good strategy. But ultimately, you have to think of him as an enemy because he's, again, there's a war here where he's trying to take you down. It's where he's trying to take you down. He hates you. He hates Chachma. He hates truth. He hates everything which your mind tells you is true. He just wants satisfaction and ego and all that. And you have to acknowledge him as such, that he's trying to kill you, to take you down. And as such, you're waging a war. Okay. So, um, but <clears throat> this is the, the nutshell version. So we're up to now, we've got three more. So I don't really have, I don't remember my ideas for these three. So maybe we'll be together here. Let's think a little bit, but some some thoughts. So it says, Yeshayahu, or Yeshaya, it's a, the first wide line. Yeshayo Karu Mechshal. He called him a stumbling block. Shnamar Solu Solu. Build, build. Panu Dera. Clear off the road. Harimu Mechshal Miderahami. Lift up the Mechshal, the stumbling block from the way of my nation. That's a Pasuk in Yeshayahu Nunzayin Yadalin. Okay. So Rashi there says, the nation is saying, the Navi is saying to the nation, in the name of Hashem, to make a straight path, remove the Yitzhahara from your ways, from your paths. Okay? And he says, Harimo Mechshal, is remove the stones that you're stumbling on, which are the thoughts of Rasha, the evil thoughts, or Hure Rasha. So he's calling the Yitzhahara, the evil thoughts, as some sort of a stumbling block, right? 
So I guess the question is, what is this idea? What's this marshal? Idea of analogizing the Yitzhara to a Mechshal. Right? A Mechshal. Stumbling block. Yeah. Okay, so you, you've got you've got a place that you're trying to get. Yes, yeah, so we're saying is that that implies the implication of something like is like you have a path, arguably even a straight path. You're going towards the pursuit of the good, perfection, Torah, or the Sasham, whatever you call it, right? And as you're walking on your path, the Yitzhakurah trips you up, and it impedes your forward progress, right? So it's not just that it causes you to do something bad <clears throat> or blinds you or whatever, right? Blinds you or is your enemy, right? Or um, tame, right? Or defiles you, whatever. But it, it blocks your ability to proceed. Like you might be on a path where, I don't know, you're trying to devote more energies towards learning and towards um, perfection or something like that. And then you stumble on the Yitzhahara and it kind of could throw you off of your pursuit, right? Like it, it, it ends up, right? It, it blocks you from your forward progress. Like a person that gets a momentum, if you will, where you're moving in a positive direction and encounters with the Yitzhahara, it's not just a temporary lag, or whatever, but it ends up causing you to trip and to stumble and prevent you from getting where you need to go. Right? So, stumble, because, right, that's what I'm saying. It's like you have a goal where you're going, trying to have some sort of goals. And I think we set certain goals for ourselves or certain ideas, aspirations, where we want to be. And we seem to be on those paths, but then the giving into the Yitzhara does block us from our forward progress. And it hurts us. Yeah, usually when you fall in something, block, you get injured. But it's it's more like it's you stumble and you don't it prevents your progress. This is a good point. So why do you think it's a good point? I'm saying it doesn't say step over the obstacle. What it's saying is lift up the obstacle, right? So why is that? Why not just step over it? Okay, so let me just put together what you guys are saying. So um, a few different things. So one is so you have this. Um, the question was raised. So why why do you have to remove the obstacle? Just step over it. So you're saying is obstacle has the ability to trip you up. And if you just step over it, you first of all, you might trip, again, saying you might trip while you're going over it. And the guy the other saying is, look, it's still there, and it's going to likely trip you up at a future time. The point is, is that a person is prone to walking on a road without looking. And if you leave the obstacle there, then it's likely going to end up tripping you up. You might manage to get over it this time. But it's likely when you're not looking and you have your guard is down and you're just walking and you're going to trip up on it again. So you have to acknowledge the obstacle and make a conscious effort at trying to remove it and thereby allow yourself to go unimpeded in the road in all your future endeavors. And then uh, Sean's making an additional point that says in the passage, he says, that there's a, there's a national idea <coughs> that one's battle in this, these mechshals are not necessarily individualistic, but there's certain mechshals which affect people as a, as a whole. Certain societal things, which, certain tr- triggers in society which affect people in a given society, in your yeshiva, in your world, in your country, I don't know, whatever the case might be, your friend group. And there's an idea of having a recognition of the fact that there are communal triggers and communal mechshals, and it helps bring it out into the open and 
remove it, prevent, and again, you as a team could help work on these things, and you can remove things which trigger other people as well. But the point is more acknowledging that there is a mechshal. That's part of the name, these different names. I think part of the idea is by having these different names, it brings to our consciousness these different facets of the Eitzahara, and it helps us in our battle with it. If you didn't notice that it's a mechshal, then you're not going to acknowledge the mechshal. Then you're not going to, then it will trip, trip you up. The way to, you know, you have the first step is to acknowledge it and to try to remove it. Can we think of an example? Like, uh, what would that mean? Like, in a, something more concrete? What would it mean, like, removing a mechshal? Or, you know, like in what sense could that be? Like, how's it a mechshal? What would it mean to remove it? Okay, so I could see two different things that it means. Again, you're going one approach. I have a different approach also. But I think you're saying it's also good. So one thing is, like, a particular taiva. person might have a particular area which they have a weakness in. So you might just ignore it and try to battle it. You know, try not to give into it. But the thing is, but that's like a short-sighted approach because you might be able to beat it one time, two times, three times, but it's still there and it's a stumbling block. And if you do tshuva, it means you work on the area, try to uncover the emotions in the area, discover why it is that you're being drawn to a certain thing and try to gain some insight. And as such, you could, you know, maybe go to the opposite extreme. I don't know, something like that is like you could remove the mishal by like re like overhauling your personality in a sense. And removing a certain uh, trigger, or a certain yitzhara through insight. That's that's one way, but I think that's like a, a major way. It's a big move, though. It's hard to do. But maybe like another idea, another way it could be a trigger. Maybe not like the yitzhara itself, but like, I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe this is a little bit taking liberties. But like, for example, like the Torah says, you're not allowed to own false weights. So like if a guy has false weights, you might just keep your false weight and say, oh, I keep making that mistake with my false weight and I keep using it when the, when, um, when I have a taiva for it. So I better control myself and stop using that false weight, right? I have to make a like, strong, strongly control myself to not use that false weight. But that's a bad idea because it's a stumbling block. The false weight is a stumbling block. Your emotion triggers on all the time. And like maybe in a given time, you could control yourself not to do it, but it's there staring you in the face and you're likely to end up stumbling on it. So it's like, the, in a certain sense, the Yitzhahara is embodied in the particular false weight that you might have. <clears throat> so I'm saying it doesn't mean necessarily that you remove your emotion for corruption. I don't know if you could quite do that. I mean, maybe, how about you could? That's a long process, you know. But there could be like a particular embodiment of the Yitzhahara, which is a mechshal, which is a stumbling block. So I'm saying is maybe it's a, uh, that could be the case in general. Like a person could have a certain thing with cookies. I don't know. They have cookies. Whenever they see cookies, they end up, uh, they can't control themselves. They eat a million cookies. So don't get, don't get any cookies. Don't keep them in the house and say, oh, I'm going to control myself. Like, if you know you've got a weak spot with cookies, then don't have cookies in your house. Is that really necessary? There's there's your stomach block. So the person has to realize that there's certain triggers. You know, if a person has, uh, I don't know, he's, uh, he, he spends 10 hours, uh, five hours at night watching YouTube or something like that. So then, I don't know, put some sort of a timer on your, uh, on your computer or on your filter, or on a filter or I don't know, something, have some sort of, um, you know, there are mechshals, which we have and there are techniques, which we could use to try to like, not just say, I have a mechshal and I'm going to control myself. No, it's a mechshal and you don't, you don't, you trip on mechshals. That's what happens with mechshals. So figure out a way to remove the mechshal. Now, again, you could say just throw out your laptop and throw out your cell phone, and that's not reasonable. So I don't know, maybe you have to have um, some sort of a plan in, plan in place to, you know, maybe a certain app is a mechshal, you know, or, or whatever is the case. So I'm saying like a less extreme measure. Again, I don't know that maybe they're both true. It's like, again, if you can remove the mechshal itself, it's our, uh, you know, kolakavod. If you could just remove your repetitive instinct, 
then great. You're on a good, you know, you're on a good path. Maybe your Moshe did something like that. I don't know. But uh, I mean, for most of us, it's hard to remove our, our pet of instinct. You know, we could try to, you know, understand why we're addicted to chocolate or whatever the cookies are or something like that. Or we could just realize, look, the cookies are our weak spot. They're the stumbling block and try to remove that instance of the, you know, the Yitzhahara. So I'm saying, remove, that's my point, is removing the, the Mechshol, the Yitzhahara, doesn't necessarily mean removing the overarching personality flaw. Sometimes our personality flaws are, need triggers. Like, guys, an alcoholic, so don't hang out with certain friends who you drink with, your drinking buddies, or out of things like that. Those there are Mechshol. That guy is a Mechshol for you. Or having the beer in the house, or having, I don't know, whatever the case is. person has to know on their own. But I feel like, <clears throat> you know, hate happens when we're, when we're triggered. When we stumble, there are stumbling blocks. And the stumbling blocks are what causes to do chet. And if you could acknowledge your stumbling blocks and avoid and remove those, then you're less likely to trip. Because, you know, usually that's what happens. You know, the road is straight. And it's these stumbling blocks that pull you, you know, trip you up. So acknowledge what the, what they are. Every person has their own triggers and their own stumbling blocks, which are kind of getting their way. And they unfortunately impede our ability to go on a nice, smooth, straight path, which the Torah has uh, lit up for us. Right? So I'm saying, that's why I'm taking a liberty a little bit. I'm saying, like, the Yitzhar itself is a Mechshal. But <clears throat> I don't know that, like, obviously, you can't remove your Yitzhar. Uh, you know, so again, so obviously, in the most extreme form, you can't do that. Where you can't remove your Yitzhar, it's Yitzhar, it's part of you. So you could say your particular Yetzirah for X, cookies, or for gambling, or I don't know. Fine, but once you're already saying you're not removing the Yetzirah, you're removing a particular inst- a type of Yetzirah. So what I'm saying is you're removing a particular cookies from the house. It's, it's an embodiment. Either way, it's like a localized embodiment of the Yetzirah. You can't remove it entirely. And I'm not, I'm not saying they're mutually exclusive. I think that, you know, to the degree to which you could realize and you know, overcome your addiction to cookies, then call it Kavod. If you could figure that out, but again, that's that's like deeper type of work, and uh, you know, there's no reason they're not mutually exclusive. A person should be doing deeper work and uh, try as much as you could. But then there's also surface work, which is acknowledging triggers and removing them. The triggers are, you know, you also have to have some deep whatever understanding of why it is that cookies trigger you, or you just not have them in the house, and then it turns out you'll eat vegetables now when you're when you're hungry because that's what you have in the house and. I have you figured out why why cookies are this thing to you or what, what it is when you're a kid or I, I don't know. Whatever. Bottom line is, if you've got vegetables and not cookies, then you'll likely end up eating vegetables and not cookies. You know, so again, sometimes that doesn't work. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you're so addicted to cookies that you're going to, you know, I don't know, trade your vegetables for cookies and then whatever. The other guy in the dorm. So I don't know, whatever. It's, it's a, whatever. But it, it goes a long way. Because sometimes, you know, Sometimes it's like, you know, I think that's what the Ramah said. The Ramah had that thing in his ladder. Like, don't make the, you know, you should be, I think the letter to his son, maybe, or something, is that you should be in a situation where you have to chase after the Yitzhara, it doesn't chase after you. And you don't have situations where it's it's there calling it in. Look, obviously, if a person wants to, you can always find the Yitzhara, but don't, you know, make it that you have to do effort. Because oftentimes, that it's, and you, do, you follow the Yitzhara when it's easy. You know, and you might eat the cookies if they're in front of you. It doesn't mean you're going to go to the store and buy them. You're lazy. You know, that type of thing. So the amount of steps, you know, removing the mechshols is increasing the steps between you and the Yitzhara. Look, you could always put the mechshol back, but whatever. That's another step away from uh, from the mechshol, from the Yitzhara.
<clears throat> yeah. Okay. I mean, look, obviously all these things are personal. You know, everyone has to, you know, that's, I guess, the value of doing Gemara's like this. It's like, obviously everyone struggles in their own yataros and their own situations and all these different things. But, you know, hopefully we could take these and try to um, think into them in ourselves. Okay. Next. Yechezkel Karohu Evan. Yechezkel calls it a stone. Shnemar Vahasirosius Leva Evan Mibsarchem. I will remove the uh, stone heart from your flesh. And I'll give you a heart of flesh, of basar. Not of stone, but of... So that's Yechazkel 36, 26. This is talking about, um, I think, the Gula. I'll gather you from the nations, and I'll from, bring you into Eretz and I'll throw my Torah on you, and I'll purify you from all your tumos. And I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit, and I'll remove the uh across one second. Yeah, I'll remove your lev heaven, your stone heart from your flesh, and I'll give you a heart of flesh, and so on and so forth, right? And I'll put my spirit in amongst you, and I'll cause you to walk in my statutes and keep my ordinances and do them, and so on. Right? So it's saying is in Asilavo is saying Hashem's gonna remove the Lev heaven, right? Implying that there's currently we have a lay of heaven, right? So what is this? Um, they say here like it's like hard, like it's like stone, something like that. So what is this idea that it's um, like a stone, and we want it to be like flesh, but it is like a stone, right? Stone heart we have. So what's the muscle? Is like I think of a person. Person, let's say, stumbles on his yitzhara. And I don't know, take an example of a guy who's uh, know, some sort of an alcoholic. So he's an alcoholic and he knows it's bad for him. And he um, does stupid things, gets drunk, I don't know, drunk driving and uh, gets into an accident, or, I don't know, whatever. And you'd think, like, he'd really learn his lesson. But he does it again and again and again. Like, it doesn't seem like you're, like, you know, your taivas burn you. And they, they're looking for you to be happy, but ultimately they don't really give you what they're looking for. But still, they don't seem to learn their lesson. Like in a certain sense, they're they're stubborn, if you will. They're hard and stubborn and unchanging. And like, it's like, it's not, they're not intelligent and they don't quite learn their lessons. I know, it's like they're dumbheaded and your, your desires somehow, they're not, again, they're not, they don't learn. They don't, they don't quite adjust to the frustrations or whatever. Like, they always, like, they trip you up, and then uh, somehow you're unhappy, and then they say, oh, let's do it again, let's do it again, let's do it again. And it's like, a person might think that, ah, now I see that that was stupid, and I'm never going to do it again. But then your emotions somehow, and there are consequences. I don't know, you eat, you overeat, and then your stomach kills, and you say, oh, that was so dumb. I just ate too much, but I didn't eat that last bite or the last uh, steak or whatever, and I would have been so much better off. Enjoyed the meat, and now I walk away unhappy. But somehow you do it again, and then somehow you do it again, and somehow you do it again. Or even if you don't end up doing it again, the emotion wants to. I mean, maybe you can control yourself, but you have to realize like your emotion is not going to learn the lesson. I mean, as I say, and you have to know that. You know, don't think that since you don't be overconfident. Oh, I saw the consequence. I was, you know, my stomach was killing me, so now I'm not going to desire it anymore. Nope. The emotion doesn't, somehow it's like it doesn't adjust. I don't know if it's impossible for it to adjust, but I just feel like the emotions, they're not intelligent. 
it's not the part of you. They're drawn to what they're drawn after because of like base instinctual factors and they don't like you adjust and you learn and you gain knowledge. But don't expect them to I mean Alvai they would change. And if and maybe with Lava, maybe the highest level of knowledge or I don't know, the more knowledge you have and the more real it is, maybe you could start, you know, it could change. Or maybe society as a whole takes on a whole different persona. Society as a whole recognizes the shallowness of instinct of of an instinctual life. Maybe your emotions will also come along with it, or perhaps. But in a general way, it's like your emotions are fixated on what they're fixated on. And you have to, you know, don't expect them to learn. You have to outsmart them, and you have to always be on guard about them, and don't expect to be able to educate them. Because they're, again, they're they're instinctual. They're not, they're not from the higher, you know, they don't have a brain. They're just instinctual. Same thing animals have them. Animals instincts are, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's interesting. There are certain things they can learn. I guess this is a little tricky because, I mean, these things do have certain patterns, but how do they learn insight? I mean, there's instinctual stimuli or whatever, but I don't know. I guess there's a line of what they, what to what degree you could, you know, could you could affect your emotions and they could change, and to what degree they're still, you know. Yeah, I guess the thing is, like, if you overestimate your taivas, then you end up, uh, you overestimate their ability to learn, then you let down your guard. And, like, I don't know, imagine you have, like, a, a kid. You tell a kid um, to be careful, make sure you are, you know, make sure you are responsible. But, I mean, a kid's not capable of being responsible. So, I mean, if you're going to keep telling him to do it, I mean, you're setting yourself up for a disappointment because you, you, you're pushing him beyond what he's capable of doing. So you have to know if you have something which is important, don't give it to a kid. Don't say to the kid he should be responsible and just, you know, hit him every time he's not responsible. I don't know. It's like there's a reality of to know who you're working with and what its capabilities are. The thing it's saying is like you have to know that your instincts are stubborn and um, stiff-necked or, you know, hard and unchanging or uh, hard to change, very, very hard to change, like stone. And you have to be aware of that and don't overestimate the lessons which you think your instincts will learn. Your instincts will go to something that they got burned about before, and somehow they're not, they don't, they're not easily educated. And you have to be, you know, don't think that you're never going to fall on that because you suffered so badly that time. So obviously you're never going to do it again because you see how it ruined your whole life, right? Last time you got into drugs, you know, all of a sudden your whole life was ruined, and it took you a year to get out of it, and all that. And obviously I'm never going to do that again because I see how terrible it was. No. I don't know. Those desires don't don't seem to become educated. Yeah, I mean, to some extent, I could see, like, let's say, lasted lava. If you person is see lasted lava, society as a whole is uh, built around knowledge, and the greatest, most respectable people are the people with knowledge, and the people who are like Bali Taiva are totally despicable and failures, and like lowly, and everyone sees that they're unhappy. Those manifest that those you know those those behaviors. Like we're clearly, you know, abhorrent and clearly led to, you know, to to frustration and and society, like as a unit, as a unit unified whole, is talking towards the godless of of truth and knowledge. So I don't know. I just feel like your emotions are moved by your experiences and your encounters. And if you like, for instance, Hollywood and everything which we encountered and Gullis. You know, tells our emotions that 
you know, all these, uh, this, the way of life of Torah is not really the way, and type of God, and all that. So I don't know, I feel like if, if, the, if you're in the enough of the environment, like, like in a good environment, your emotions are affected towards the God. Right? If you have a good yeshiva where everyone's learning and everyone's loving it and the guys who are learning are happy and popular and all that, then your emotions are drawn after that. So I feel like you could have emotions, emotional support system, if you will, like emotional attractions. Maybe that's Ken's point is like conditioning. It's like if you could associate perfection with other, you know, instinctual emotional benefits. Because society at large is doing that, I don't know if that it's become going to become intelligent as much as all the emotional joy. There'll be a lot of emotional positivity attached with with uh, the good, because that's the way society is organized. So I mean, you may still have your instincts, but there are going to be a lot of positive, part um, of positive, um, you know, draws of energy towards the good. But you know, in Gaulus, it's like we—it's—it's it's very hard because we're surrounded by a world which has totally different values, and tells us that they're happy, and tells us that you know waves in our faces and says this is the life. So we get drawn in. So now our mind could control us, but our emotions are kind of formed by, you know, what we see and uh, you know the excitement of what the world tells us is is where it's at. So I don't know. Something like that. And maybe there'll be Ashkacha, I don't know. I think there's like Ramad says, like our emotions are going to change, like blessed love, how, you know, this could be like Adnarisha and the God or something like that. Like it could be this and be Ashkacha, depending on how you learn, how miraculous and how much will change. Well, how it'll be totally natural or it'll just be, like in the Ramadan hold, it's just through knowledge, I think, in Yasalava. But I, I think the Ramadan holds, there's going to be other differences. So I don't know, it's hard to know. Okay. Next one, the seventh name says Yoel Karod Sefoni. Shunemar Esatsfoni Achigmelechem. So what's that Sefoni Rashi? Can the Fare? So plain sign the positive that Sefoni is like the north. But Sefoni um, Rashi says, Kedimifarish, Safon Malibo Shaladam. It's hidden in a person's heart. Okay. So the Gemara is going to explain a little bit. Let's read the Gemara a little further. It's going to explain a little bit. So it says like this. Um, so it's saying is in the north one, how <laughs> distant from you. But Tzafon can also mean hidden. Like Afikoman, I think it's Tzafon, maybe because it's hidden. So Tzafon, it's like um, hidden in the heart of a person. Okay. Hidachti el eretz tzia u'shemama, right? And it says Hashem says I will um, drive it to a land which is barren and desolate. Is the end of the further in the pasuk? What does it mean? Right, we're explaining to l'makom she'ein b'nei adam mitsuyin lehiskaros b'hem to a place. Hashem saying this is what He's going to do. He's going to bring the yitzhara, I guess, the hidden one, to a place which isn't common to incite. Um, people, right? Where it's going to somehow get thrown to a place which isn't going to be, which isn't common, or which people aren't uh, don't typically get incited by it. Okay, whatever this means. El Hayam Hakadmoni, I'll bring it to the um, Eastern Sea. 
because it put its eyes to the first Mesa Mikdash and it destroyed it. And it killed the Tamil Chamberlain. And its eventuality is to the Western Sea. And only that, it put its eyes, I guess the Sietara, put its eyes in the second Mikdash and destroyed it and killed the Tamil Chamberlain. And that means its foulness may come up and its ill odor may come up. But that means that it leaves the um, the nations of the world and it goes, seeks out, arouses, arouses the it's a euphemism, but it means, literally means the enemies of Israel, but it means the Jews. Right, that the Yitzhara went after the Jews. Because it became big. It means in the the Yitzhara is even greater than everybody. So it's like the Yitzhara like left the other nations, went to the Jews, and went in the Jews, it went even most towards the Right? What does that mean? So he explains a little bit. He says, like Abaye, Sham it's an interesting story. Abaye heard of a man, the Kamar he said to a certain girl, Niktam Venezel Borcha, why don't we get up early in the morning and go on the road? Right? So a man basically made a plan for an early morning date on the road with a girl. Omar Abaye overheard this and he said, Ezel Afrashinu Meisura. I'm going to go and I'll separate them from Esser. Interesting, interesting idea, right? He figured, look, he'll go along and he'll uh, separate them, right? So Azul Vasrayu plus a Parsi Ba'agma. So he went after them three Parsas in the uh, reeds or in a marsh. I don't know. They walked on this road somehow, right? And he was following them. He have a Parsi Mehadadi when they're separating from one another. Shamainu de Ka'amri or Chonachika He heard them saying to each other, we traveled a long way, right? And we can't go too far anymore. But um, it was very nice company. Right, Rashi says, It's a far distance between our places. We can't go together anymore. It's too far. And it says, company. It would be only if only we could stay together. It's just too far. We have to part ways. So basically, they didn't do any Avera. Right, and as he went on the road with them, he was watching them. He was ready to stop them from the Navera, and they didn't. They were totally kosher. So Amar Baye, Iman the Sunny Lee have a low have a. I'm sorry, Iman the Sunny Lee have If it was my hater, the one who hated me would be with me. My Yitzhar was with me. Low have a matzi lokme nafshe. I wouldn't have been able to control myself. Rashi. If my enemy had Yichud with Anisha, he's talking about himself. It means if I were with this woman, I wouldn't be able to control myself. Somehow this guy and this girl control themselves. So Azul Tala Nafshe Bibur the Dasha. So he was like, Rashi is leaning, leaning on the door. Like he was upset and he was leaning against the doorpost. Really upset, feeling regret, feeling bad about himself, right? So, also, Husaba, yes, yeah, so, 
This is this um, old okay. This old man came in a tana play, and he said, "Don't feel so bad." Anyone who's greater than his friend has a greater yitzhar. So, don't feel so bad about yourself that the yitzhar will get you, and it didn't get them. The great, and this thing justifying what it means when Nigmar said that that it goes after the the Yisrael the most, and goes after me the Cham the most. Right, it's saying the greater the the greater the person, the greater the yitzhar. And I think this is somehow talking about this hidden Yetzahara, which is hidden. And um, and it's saying, it's lavo. it sounds like Hashem's going to take it and throw it into some sort of a desolate place, which doesn't really trip people up. But in the meantime, it's it's strong. And it destroyed the first base of Mikdash and then the in it, and the second base of Mikdash and the in it. And, um, you know, it's dangerous. It comes after the Jews, comes after the Chamin. So I think maybe, why don't we leave this? Maybe we'll stop here after I go on the hill. But maybe we'll leave this question and try to understand what's this last name, the hidden one, and what's this whole marshal, this whole story, this whole you know.